at 9 in Middlesex. Uh, let's uh, say good morning, give a nice one radio Vermont. Welcome this morning to Scott Mellon. How are you doing this morning? Great, Mark. Good to see you again. Well, I'm a little nervous about this legislative session. You know, a little anticipation. You never know what might happen. How are you feeling about this legislative session? Uh, I'm feeling optimistic uh, that it's going to be a good uh, biennium for Vermonters. Uh, I think the election was a healthy uh, uh, opportunity for people to get engaged about uh, what they want to see happen. And I I think democracy is great and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, this group that has been advocating for you do, you, do you know anything about them? Have you been working with them? The, this is the group that's been running the ads on TV for you. Yeah, uh, I, I think I met uh, Mr. Round at a uh, rally I was at up in uh, the Northeast Kingdom this summer. I didn't remember that, but I, he, he said that in the press. I was going to uh, reach out to them and say hello and thank them, but I got legal advice. That would be a bad idea, so I haven't uh, talked to them. Okay, so you can't because you can't coordinate with them in any way. That's my understanding, right? All right. So, what what have you personally been doing? Have you picked up the phone? Have you been calling lawmakers? Have you been taking calls from lawmakers? What's happened in the past sixty days here? Well, uh, we spent a lot of time. Uh, sixty days goes back to uh, maybe forty five. Sure. Well, I think uh, sixty is good because you know first we needed to sort of let the dust settle on the election. Um, you know, as, as you recall, uh, you know, I would say one of the uh, people I respect most in Vermont and who, you know, I think is probably the uh, elder statesperson of the Republican Party in Vermont now suggested shortly after the election publicly that it would be in my best interest to concede and not move forward. And so obviously that uh, was a big consideration since I decided to uh, not follow that advice. And um, as we worked our way through that, understanding the Constitution, um, making sure that we let the dust settle on it so it was a rational uh, decision. Um, you know, we wanted to point out to the press and have the press do a little bit of homework on the geographic breakdown of the vote, uh, which essentially was, you know, we won two-thirds of the counties and almost 60% of the voting districts in Vermont. Uh, let that settle. And then in, I think, December eighth or tenth or twelfth or somewhere around there we made the announcement that uh, we're going to move forward uh clearly uh, at that point i said uh i'm not going to be twisting lawmakers arms i'm not going to be proactively calling lawmakers but i welcome calls from any lawmakers that want to talk to me firsthand before they make a decision i've been a little bit underwhelmed by the number of lawmakers that have actually called me uh, i got one call from a uh, democrat yesterday who uh, I think uh, had some great questions for me. I'm not sure uh, which way that person's going to vote, but uh, it was a great conversation, and and I welcomed it. Hmm. Okay. So underwhelmed. Anybody? Did anybody else beside one person call you? Uh, one person called yesterday, and and pretty much what I say to people is uh, it's a private conversation. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking in the press about. It. I have the you know sort of some of the regulars that I go to for advice. Uh, um, you know, Joe Turner. Oh, I'm sorry, Don. Joe. <laughs> Joe Joe Benning and uh, and uh, Don Turner and um, you know folks uh, folks like that, um, but it's uh, you know I'm running into people. I, you know I've had a few people uh, uh, and 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 what we've been doing over the last uh, uh, couple of weeks this uh, advocacy group coming up uh, affected our strategy a little bit because we were talking about uh, you know just this last five days doing a Scott Milne talking directly to voters letting you know why I think it's important to reach out to your legislator and let them know how you feel if you feel like 
Peter Sumlin's uh, going to be the best governor, call him up and tell him that. If you think Scott Milne's going to be the best, call him up and tell him that. That's the way democracy works. Um, you know, with all this airtime being sucked up by the outside advocacy group, uh, we changed, changed our strategy a little bit. Uh, as you, I think I heard you talking about uh, yesterday, Mark. Yeah, we put Facebook, a couple uh, yeah. web ads out, and, uh, you know, we're doing kind of a low budget, uh, reaching out that way. Mm-hmm. You, are you getting any response to that? Can you measure if people are actually seeing that thing on Facebook, for example? Yes. So what, do you, what, kind, of, what kind of results are you getting on that? Uh, we put up a web ad on, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, I might be off a couple... A little bit on the timing, but we put up a, a two-minute video on Friday, late afternoon, evening. I think uh, 21,000 people had seen it by noon on Saturday. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any regrets about not following Jim Douglas's advice? No. Even with the, the beauty of hindsight here? No. No, I, I, uh, I respect... Uh, 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 I, you know, and I, I think I say it jokingly, but it's one of the great things about Vermont, right? I, I, I think your company included um, uh, one of probably at least 10,000 Vermonters who considers Jim Douglas to be my good friend. Um, so anytime a good friend and, and uh, uh, a good friend tells you things that, uh, you know, other people don't tell you and is very candid with you, I thought it was good candid advice. I think the way I interpreted it was if you put it in its proper context... The context of that advice was you got a little bit of surprise in the election that affords you some political capital, Scott. If you want to uh, be around in 2016 to be part of an election, you could squander that by moving forward. Uh, and, you know, connected to that is the Republican Party needs candidates. Don't, you know, ruin your chances by doing this. So, uh, and I thought a lot about that and what, I don't know what 2016 is going to bring, but I think if you go back to conversations you and I have had, this is pretty much a repeat of uh, what we've talked about a few times in the past. I didn't get into this to be a placeholder for the Republicans. I didn't get into this to, you know, get my name recognition up so I could run for something somewhere down the road. I got into this because I think uh, Vermont's been going in a really bad direction, uh, especially under uh, the incumbent's leadership over the last four years. Uh, No... um, insult at all to my opponents in the primary who I enjoyed, uh, you know, the discussions uh, with throughout the primary, but I didn't see uh, one of them doing a good job of articulating that message. And if you go back even earlier, I thought I would have been probably the underdog in a Randy Brock or somebody else primary, and it just would have been a good opportunity to have a good discussion. I think we had a pretty good discussion in the Republican primary. Uh, I came out, but I was drawn in because I think uh, Vermont needs a change in leadership. And after November, uh, as part of this election, I became much more familiar with the uh, Constitution, Section 47, than I had been before, and uh, realized this is an opportunity to keep the discussion going. Uh, when you ask about regrets, I think if uh, I end up on the short end on Thursday, which, uh, you know, being optimistic is possible, uh, being realistic is probable. Uh, but I do have a shot at uh, being elected governor on Thursday, and that's. Uh, uh, something I'm working hard to be ready for if it if it happens. But I think the discussion and the engagement, and uh, I run into people on the street every single day that just have these heartfelt stories of thank you for sticking in this. You know, clearly I have people that look the other way when they see me walking by, so not everybody feels that way, but I'm uh, happy with the decision. What do you make of all the talk about a constitutional amendment changing the system? Do you think the system as it stands right now is a good one? Uh I, I think it's the system that we've had for over two, you know, I mean, it, it changed in 1870, right? We went from a one-year session to a two-year session, but the, the Section 47 essentially has been there for 200 years. 
I, I, I think Doyle's, uh, you know, going back to 78, I think when he had that uh, prop, uh, you know, proposal and seeing this kind of as an opportunity to maybe relook at that is consistent with my view of good government, which is let's not rush into things. Let's think about them before we do them. So the Doyle analogy of, you know, this is something we talked about before. I thought it made sense 40 years ago. Scott's maybe given us an opportunity to get some wind in the sails of it. That, I think, is a good motivation to move forward. Excuse me. I think the um, problem we see in legislatures across the company sometime, across the country sometimes is it's too easy to react to today's news to do something that's going to have long-term consequences without letting the dust alive. Personally, I would, and I, even if they do come through with a uh, constitutional amendment this year, we're going to have the 2016 election and perhaps the 2018 election to uh, see what happens. I, I think it would be good to, you know, let's see what happens this time around. Let's see what happens the next couple of elections. I don't buy into this narrative that it's going to be bad and this is going to ruin things down the road. I can see actually the opposite being the case. Mm-hmm. So do you think the system today is fundamentally fair? I think it's a uh, system that's been in place for 200 years and playing by the rules is fundamentally fair. Let's take a couple of calls if you don't mind here. Let me put those headphones on. 244-1777 is our local number. Toll-free 877-291-8255. We're talking with uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate Scott Milne. Let's go to Waterbury. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Scott. Um, the other day, Mr. Shulman speculated that by having you as a governor would probably paralyze our state government. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the last four years have been paralyzed, and I'm curious to know <laughs> how you felt about that statement. All right. Thanks for your call. Thanks. I agree with you, Chris, that uh, if you look at the uh, last four years of the incumbent's leadership, uh, perhaps we would have been better with a paralyzed government, at least with some of the uh, what he would describe as bold initiatives, which I would uh, call reckless, particularly reckless with the people's monies, people's money initiatives. Um, what I think we see with the incumbent is uh, somebody who has had two legal deadlines to tell us how much this single-payer system was going to cost and what taxes were going to get raised that were ignored. And I mean, the folks in the legislature that are going to be voting on Thursday for governor were complicit in letting him get away with that. So let's not forget that either. Uh, I think we see a governor that uh, came into office four years ago promising a pre-K bill, which got through the legislature in the last session. And since the November 4th election, he's now decided that's another law he's going to ignore. Um, we see what happened in the middle of December with the walk away from the single payer bill, which he's, you know, built his career on, as I said, during the um, November pre-November part of this election. You know, Peter Shumlin's greatest priority is his greatest failure. It's, you know, one of several, in my opinion. So uh, I would say paralyzed is a pretty good word to describe a lot of what we've seen in the last four years. If I'm elected, uh, we're going to be getting to work on day one, and uh, there's clearly not going to be paralysis. Have you looked at all at, at, at his, uh, this report he's put out, this kind of rationale for not going through with the system? Because now the big speculation is that he made the plan so rich that it couldn't possibly be done. Yeah, I think uh, coming in, what, what do you have, a 94 actual aerial value on it? Yeah, it seems like he was gaming the system to me, but um, I don't know. It, it, the shall report, I, you and I talked about that, and uh, I talked about that uh, before the November part of this election. The shall report was uh, pretty easy to see a bunch of holes in that four years ago, and uh, a lot of people have been talking about it for four years. 
Why would he want to game the system? Because uh, uh, he um, was going to lose a lot of um, political capital in the uh, um, legislative session would be my guess by moving forward with this. Let's go to St. Albans. Dick, good morning. Hi, good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mr. Mel. Good morning, Dick. This is an excellent opportunity here <laughs> for people to understand the Constitution and the Declaration of Rights. You need to read the Declaration of Rights. Um, as I understand it right now, in your particular position right now, the only real way to remove Mr. Sumlin is through maladministration for the impeachment process. And you've got the opportunity to avoid that situation by just voting him out of office. Uh, there's multiple charges of maladministration, and that's in your Vermont Constitution. You can read that very clearly. And you also have uh, groups of people out here trying to institute new rights that don't exist, and they're trying to get the taxpayers to pay for it. Now, this isn't a complicated operation here to understand this. But you got to not be swayed by public opinion and the mob rule out here and basically get back to the foundation of your country and how the Constitution was set up to basically to avoid this type of chaos. So I'd like to have you comment on that. All right. Uh, thanks, Dick. I um, uh, have said uh, repeatedly throughout this campaign, and it's um, true, I don't think uh, uh, the incumbent has been a, uh, a good governor. But I respect him uh, and what he's accomplished in his life, and I don't see uh, 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 impeachment grounds, but I haven't looked at it or thought about that. I think there's an opportunity uh, afforded uh, by the Vermont Constitution for Scott Milne to be governor uh, by noon on Thursday and um, trying to stand and uh, give people the opportunity to vote for me. It's uh, 180 people that uh, get to make that decision. If I get 91 votes or more, I'll be uh, governor, and uh, that's what I'm working towards. Thank you for your call. 244-1777 is our local number. Toll-free, 877-291-8255. A moment of your time for our friends at Suncommon. And I know it's a little bit dark out there today, but even on dark days, you can uh, be producing some solar power and you can be saving yourself some money in the process. Suncommon is a Vermont benefit corporation. And they are now offering a deal where you can go solar without any upfront cost. They build it all into the plan, and you can be replacing your power bill with one low monthly payment. And it's very easy to get more information. You can sign up for a free home visit at suncommon.com. You've uh, seen these folks with their fleet of Prius cars buzzing around here in Vermont. So uh, take advantage of this deal. It's a great offer for you to go solar without any of that upfront cost, which I know has been a real prohibitor for many people out there. So take a visit to the, uh, the website suncommon.com and uh, bring a little sunshine into your home, too. 244-1777 is our local number. Toll-free, 877-291-8255. You said you'd be ready to go on Thursday if everything goes according to your plan. Can you tell me and tell people out there listening how you're prepared and ready to go? Sure. Uh, great question, Mark. I think that's the... Um uh, a, a question that legislator uh, is intuitive, which a lot of this, you know, life is intuitive. But I think that's a, a, a question. And I think um, I would argue some uh, legislators that uh, want to vote against me are promoting it as a, a logical reason not to. But I also think it's a legitimate concern. 
Um, I told uh, you and many people, if you look in history for sort of a precedent for what this is going to be like, because it is uh, one in 150-year event in Vermont history. That's a fact. Um, if it work, if it goes my way, and if it doesn't go my way, it's pretty close to a one in 150-year event in Vermont history. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Either yeah. way. Right. And uh, But if you look at precedent, I think the uh, Snelling to uh, Howard Dean transition is the one. You know, the difference is Dean, I think, uh, um, very smartly embraced the Snelling policies as well as, by and large, the Snelling team. Uh, this will be a somewhat of a, you know, a lot of what um, is going on there is fine. It's just some of the big things and the leadership that needs to change, in my opinion. A lot of the people that are there are very good uh, public servants who I hope will consider saying my, uh, as with Howard Dean, maybe even a little uh, more conservatively with me, people that are there, you know, if it's sort of six of one, half dozen of the other, whether somebody currently there or somebody new is going to be better if it's about equal i, I would stay with the person that's there mm -hmm. clearly there'll be some people that i'll, I'll bring in uh, but getting a team in place is uh important i think the other thing which uh, a lot of people are talking about is you know are we going to be ready for a budget we've got a hundred million dollar deficit coming up I, I think one of the reasons my campaign was successful uh, was because we've been talking from very very early on about the incompetent management of the people's money from the Shumlin administration. So my whole campaign has been founded upon sound budget principles and let's slow down. And um, so having a budget together and uh, being a sound manager of uh, the people's money is why people are supporting me. It's clearly something that's going to be a huge priority of mine. Does that mean I've got it figured out uh, how many paper clips uh, the XYZ department's going to get um, and that's going to be ready to be talked about on Thursday afternoon? No. I've talked to people that have put together multiple budgets for states. Uh, we know what we're doing. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, being a part of change in Vermont that I think is going to be very healthy for our people. Do you have even a sliver of concern about legitimacy and serving as a governor having not gotten the most votes on in November? No, absolutely not. I think if uh, it was a Republican-controlled uh, House, I would. But um, it's it's going to be the uh, incumbents party who's going to decide, uh, you know, a different leader is going to be in Vermont's best interest. Uh, it'll be a um, uh, uh, overwhelming uh, vote of confidence uh, that change is warranted, needed, and uh, I will feel like uh, those folks will be uh, with their votes uh, indicating that they want to play team ball with me. I think I understand your point, but I'd like to have you articulate it. Why would it be different with a Republican House? Um, you know, it would, it would um, be one party throwing out the person from the other party who won with a plurality of votes. Let's uh, go to St. Albans. Sam, good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, I want to thank you, Mr. Mel, for uh, sticking with us and uh, continuing the fight. Uh, I do believe in your statement one person can make a difference. I hope these other people do call their legislature and challenge this. And, Mark, to your point of, you know, that... Uh, Mr. Shumlin got more votes than uh, Mr. Mel. He got he got fewer votes for him, more votes against him than for him. And this is the point: enough people came out to vote against him. And hopefully, these people realize that you have people, you have a person here that is budget minded and doesn't make up numbers. This number he came up with, we covered half the people that don't have insurance. 19,000 people. 
It's a joke. It's a joke. For the money they spent, they could have given more money and they could have given They could have covered themselves for life and five families. I'll take it from there. Thank you once again. All right. Thank you for your call. Anything you want to add to that? Um, I think... Um as uh, I was uh, got, trying driving up here from Windsor County this morning, I had five uh, cell phone calls drop on uh, Interstate 89. So uh, we're past December 31st. That's another $400 million promise from the incumbent uh, governor that we we're going to have universal broadband and cell phone coverage by today. You can't even drive from Montpelier to Waterbury and hold a cell phone call most days. St. Albans, I guess, has got the same problem. So everywhere you look, there's um, uh, promises that haven't been delivered on. I think there's an awful lot of people that... Um, voted for me that are happy that I'm sticking in this with them. I think there's an awful lot of people that didn't vote that wish they would have voted. I, I know there's people that uh, voted uh, against me uh, that now uh, would change their mind based on what they've seen since November. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think it's if, if I end up on the short end, that's the way democracy goes. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to work and I've been doing it. It's almost seven months since I got into this. So mm -hmm. it's been an interesting experience. I've enjoyed it. I've met a, a ton of great people, gotten to know you better, Mark, and a bunch of people that I didn't know all that well before. So it's it's, it's great, and we'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Why do you think um, uh, most legislators haven't called you? Uh, I'm surprised. Do you interpret that in any way? Do you interpret that as lack of support? How do you read that? Well, um, uh, we had a uh, comment, uh, a, a person who called a, uh, a legislator from Orange County uh, Friday who sent us a message. And uh, basically, uh, the legislator said, uh, Scott Milne hasn't even bothered to call me. Uh, this is a publicity stint. Um, so, I, you know, I, I called uh, that person and uh, got a voicemail and left a message and said, I'm sorry, I was pretty clear uh, that I wasn't going to be reaching out directly to legislators. I think it's your job to do. And, I, and just another thing to clear up, I haven't, you know, said that this should be a vote based on how your district voted. I think that's relevant to some people. What I did many times is point out what the geographic breakdown of the vote is because it's in my favor. But I think it's a vote that voters, uh, uh, voters, legislators should vote for who they think is going to be the best governor for Vermont. So at any rate, with the, uh, you know, the Orange County legislator, I left a voice message that I'd be glad to talk to you about it, but I can assure you it's not a publicity stint and I'll be ready to go on day one. And even then I didn't get a call back. So my guess is that's somebody that made up their mind and they just got a talking point to point out to their people to defend why they're going to do what they're doing. But I think it, if, you, if I were a legislator and that's the way I represented my people, I would probably take a look at whether I should relook how I'm doing it. Okay, help me understand something. Why did you point out that you won more districts if you didn't want lawmakers to take that cue to vote the way their districts voted? Uh, very strategically and deliberately because one of the things we learned th throughout the campaign is you can't count on the press to do hard work. You have to lead that horse to water. We wanted the press reporting very much through November on what the geographic breakdown of the vote was, and I think that was successful. Okay. And, you know, I've seen different accounts, though, you know, there's some, for example, Washington County Senate District, nobody got 50% of the vote. There was a vote leader, right? Mm -hmm. You. So should why should people vote for you as Washington County Senators if you didn't get 50% of the vote? Well, the, I, I don't think they should. The same as I don't think, you know, this is my opinion and there's legitimate differences of opinion. Same reason I think if you read the Constitution, you shouldn't be given deference to the incumbent because he had a plurality of votes over me. 
Constitution doesn't say give deference to the way your district voted, give deference to the plurality winner. It by what it doesn't say more than what it does say says you are a leader in your community. You got to vote for who you think is going to be the best governor for Vermont. That's what I'm asking legislators to do. And if you have questions you need to have me answer before you decide whether Peter Shulman's best or Scott Milne's best, you got 48 hours left to call me. So you are not saying, you're saying that, that you're not advocating that people vote for who won the district? No, no, absolutely not. And I, the uh, legislator I talked to in the last 48 hours, uh, I won their district. I think they're uh, leaning against voting for me. And I said, you know, if, if you um, tell your people that you're voting against me two years from now, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll be glad to come up to your district. And I don't know who you're running against. Maybe I'll be supporting them. Maybe I won't, but I'll guarantee you I'll tell the people in your district that I respect you for standing up and having a conversation with me, doing due diligence, and deciding how you're going to vote. So you want people to vote conscience? Absolutely. Let's go to uh, Middlebury. Bill, how are you this morning? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, good luck with this, Scott. Um, my issue in this whole election cycle has been about the governor being honest and integrity. Um, and I just was kind of curious as to what Scott's thoughts were, um, because my, my, my mind was made up um, about two or three years ago with the land grab. Um, when Mr. Shumlin, who had been a legislature, had helped pass Act 60, um, must have known that there was help for this gentleman, and yet um, deceitfully, from my perspective, tried to grab land. Um, and that just shows me the character of a person. I'm wondering what Mr. Milne has to say about that. Uh, th- uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, I, I, what, what I, why I'm in this race, Bill, uh, is really just about uh, political leadership from the governor over the last four years or arguably you know if you take into his um role uh, you know leading the uh, defeat of the uh, douglas uh, budget uh, uh uh veto uh at when he was president pro tem of the senate and some of the you know antics that went on while he was you know calling the ibm guy a liar in the senate when he was there and you know the tone from the top when he was leading the senate and now as governor i think is bad and some of the personal uh, things uh, um, are not part of my motivation for being in this. I, I think we need new leadership, and um, I'll be humbled, but 1,000% uh, motivated to get to work if I'm afforded that opportunity. Let's go to Moncton Ridge. Fred, good morning. Good morning. I think that uh, if Peter Shumlin hadn't had the problem with his neighbor, that he would have crumped Scott in the election. I think that, uh, and I almost didn't vote for him <clears throat> because of that reason. But uh, politics uh, uh, um, is a funny is a funny beast, and uh, I don't think Scott could have could have to, to had stood the challenge of uh, if if uh, the governor hadn't had that problem. And I think the press was right to go after him about it. And uh, uh, but I, I still do, Scott. You you have you ever taken a Dale Carnegie course or anything? You don't come across as a dynamic speaker or a person that really wraps himself up in something, you know? You don't sound like excited, you know? You don't sound like an excited person. You could be governor in two days right now, and you're a very, you're a low-keyed cat. So, you know, who are you? Okay. All right. Low-key cat? Yeah, that's my new, uh, you know, that's my new uh, MO, Scott Milne, low-key cat. Thanks for pointing that out. All right. What, what, what What do you legitimately say to that? Well, I think you've got to, uh, if you want to do a contrast, um, and, you know, we did a couple of contrasts, and, and this is, um, 
you know, one, one of the things that, you know, these are opinions, not facts, but if you do a contrast, I think we've got an incumbent uh, that uh, is looking for a camera to jump in front of every opportunity he gets. I think you um, look for an uh, incumbent who, whenever he's at a public event, is, uh, you know, elbowing people out so he can get up and talk to everybody while he's there. And uh, I'm happy sitting in the back of the room and talking to people on their way out. That's the way I am. Uh, I don't, I'm hoping that doesn't change. Uh, and if you think you want... Uh, the alternative, you got a good contrast, call your legislator and ask him to vote for Peter Shulman, but I'm not changing. Let's go to uh, Randolph Center. Uh, Sam, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I was calling, I, I wanted to, uh, I saw the comment that the governor put on, uh, put out about the, the state being paralyzed if he wasn't reelected, and I felt like that said a lot of uh, uh, how... He may not uh, think very much of the people he's put in leadership positions throughout his administration and, and through the state government. Um, if he's looking for a soundbite like that, it's, it doesn't say much for his faith in, in their ability to carry on in his absence. Um, my other comment on the election is that I think that it's, regardless of the outcome of Thursday's vote, I think that it's given those of us who are looking for a more moderate government in Vermont hope that that uh, the, the support that Mr. Millen has had from the electorate has given many of us hope for the 2016 cycle that people who didn't think that they might be electable or wouldn't put the time into running, um, I think will be coming out of the woodwork for 2016 to see that the people in the state are looking for more centrist uh, um, candidates. Thank you for your thank call. You. I appreciate it. Huh. Thank Interesting you. comment. What do you make of that? Uh, thank you. I, I, I will say I agree with you. I, I, I think I counted 15, 16, 17 uh, folks I ran into over the course of the uh, uh, pre-November part of this election who said, gosh, I wish I would have I thought about running, but it seemed like I was beating my head against the wall. You know, if you win, I'll be around it two years from now. I think one of the things a lot of people across the political spectrum appreciate is a good dialogue before you rush into things. And I think that's one of the things that's been missing over the last four years. It's a sign of what's wrong with one-party domination. Um, the Republicans, I think, ran 80 seats out of 180 opportunities this year. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, whatever happens to me, I think there's an opportunity for, you know, if you're listening, if you're a young person, an old person, an in-between person, a conservative person, liberal person, I ran a house race in 2006 and lost by 100 votes. It was one of the great experiences of my life. Uh, so I would encourage anybody that's interested in Vermont and wants to play a part, whether you agree with basically my principles of moderation, let's slow down, let's think before we act, which is kind of my, in addition to being, what am I, a cool cat or a... Uh, Low-key low cat. Yeah, low-key. Yeah, see, I'm always jumping ahead. Low-key cat. Um, but um, I agree with you. I think uh, I, it's, it's humbling to me. I have people uh, sending me emails and, and talking to me every day lately. Thank you so much for doing this. It makes me feel like there's hope. I'm not a lone voice in the wilderness. I'm not beating my head against the wall, uh, you know, and we'll see what happens. 2016 is a tough year, you know, for uh, um, Republicans and um, independents to, you know, fight the national tide. But we'll see what happens. Do you have any interest? Let's say you don't win Thursday. Do you have any interest in continuing in politics? Boy, I um, am not thinking about that now. Uh, I'm not discounting that now. But I have people ask me that. You're the third person that's asked me that today. You, it's your job to ask other people. It's more encouraging me. Okay. So, so we'll see. I mean, I, you know, what I don't want to do is be the guy that ran for office four times and lost four times. 
Okay. No so, Williams, Jennings, Bryant. Actually, I think he only lost three times. But uh, Williams, Jennings, Bryant. Now, if you could um, uh, discount the fact that I've never taken a Dale Carnegie course. Right. And mentioned me in the same sentence with William Jennings Bryant. That would be almost an oxymoron, eh? Well, he was pretty. He was a pretty good orator. I don't he know, was. I don't think anybody called him when he was on a talk show. They called him a low key cat either. Uh, we have to take a quick commercial break here before we wrap up. We'll be back continuing our discussion with Scott Mellon right after this. Always on time, signs and designs can help put your business image before the public with cost-efficient signs, banners, vehicle lettering, and even full vehicle wraps. They work with your budget, and like their name says, they deliver on time every time. Let's hear from Tom Beardsley, Vice President of Sales at the Radio Vermont Group. Here at the Radio Vermont Group, when we need banners, oftentimes we need them right away. So I call the guys at Always On Time Signs and Designs and tell them what I'm looking for. The turnaround is quick, the prices are right, the quality is outstanding. So I wouldn't hesitate to recommend to anyone, if you need banners, signage of any kind for any event, for promoting your business or whatever, give them a call. Always On Time Signs and Designs. They really are great. We've had a great experience with them. Call Always On Time Signs and Designs at 223-8948 or 1-800-547-0808 for a free client consultation. Located at 115 Industrial Lane in Berlin. Always On Time Signs and Designs. 223-8948 or 1-800-547-0808. For the latest weather forecast, call the WDEV weather phone 800-585-1211 or 244-1172. The WDEV weather phone sponsored by Twin City Subaru on the Berlin Mall Road. Stop in today and let one of the gurus introduce you to Vermont's unofficial state car. continue our discussion uh, with uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate Scott Mill. The moment of your time for our friends at Jet Service Envelope. You can reach them right now at 229-9335 and on the web at jetservice-envelope.com. They can print everything for you, everything from your memoirs to uh, posters, political brochures they can even do for you. And uh, they can make it all happen for you very quickly. Quick turnaround time. Call them at 229-9335 and on the web at jetservice-envelope.com. We've been talking this morning, Scott, about this idea of uh, an, an open vote. Paul Poirier claims that that can't be done. Would your preference be to have this vote open? Would that help you or hurt you? Because the theory is that if it's open, that might actually hurt you. Um, what I would say is, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time looking at the Constitution lately. It's pretty clear the Constitution says ballot, uh, same as a ballot. Uh, you know, I don't want people knowing how I vote when I go into the ballot booth. Um, I think there's um, court cases from 200 years ago that have settled it. So it's a, it's a secret ballot. I think, um, you know, we have a secret ballot or a ballot for the Speaker every two years. It's sort of the same thing. We're going to change that to, I think, it, you know, there's a once in 150-year event. Let's rely on what the rules are as they are now and not jerk it around. I do think uh, one of the benefits of having a, a ballot that's uh, not public is I don't want legislators that vote against me if I end up winning. Worry that I'm going to, you know, be getting even with them. Um, I'm sure Governor Shumlin wouldn't do that either. But uh, I think it's a benefit of having a, a private ballot. I don't I don't have a problem with it. Um, some of the Republican leaders have reached out to me and. You know, they wanted it to be, and I, I said, you know, it's a democracy. I don't get to call it, but my preference is go with the rules the way they're set. we got bigger problems than trying to change rules at this point in the game. Xenia, uh, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Uh, good morning, Scott. Good um, morning. Uh, I didn't vote for Peter, um, but I didn't vote for you either. Um, I didn't vote for Peter because he supports forced drugging of, of mental patients. 
which seems to clash with his idea that he's for civil rights. But with you, um, I had a really bad experience with your travel agency. I took a trip to California to see my grandson and daughter and son-in-law, and coming back there was a snowstorm, and they couldn't fly me from New York to Burlington. And, you know, it was horrible. I missed two days sleep. I had to take the bus, I'm, you know, out of pocket and everything. And I couldn't get the money back from JetBlue because I had used your travel agency, and they say, well, we only give it back to people who made the order. And it took months and months and months and months from late winter to early fall to get the money back um and so i wasn't impressed by your companies and they didn't keep me posted in the meantime either i didn't get messages back from my calls okay. i'm going to interrupt and because we're almost out of time okay everyone. so and i want and i want excuse hold on and I, okay forced drugging you in favor of that don't know that much about it. I uh, re- rely on people that know more about it than me before I get into talking about it. Okay. Anything you want to comment on on the travel, the snafus and dilemmas that you no, suffer? No, um, you know, we, we're in a service business. Uh, we make a living on service, and um, I'm apologizing if you felt like we dropped the ball on you. Um, it sounds like you got your money back, and we worked as an advocate for you, but uh, we didn't meet your expectations, so I, I'm sorry. Speech ready for Thursday? Uh, a version of it is ready, yes. It's... Um, Evolved a few times. Okay. All right. Hit, hit a work in progress. That's it. Yeah, I got to get a little, a little uh, cool. What is that? Laid back cat? Yeah, low key low. cat. You got to remember this yeah. now. Low key cat. That's it. My new, my new brand. All right. Thank you, Thank, Mark. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. That is going to wrap things up for today. We'll be down at the uh, State House tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, and hope you join us for those programs as well. Thanks for joining us today. Please be safe out there. We need each and every one of you out there to join us same time, same place tomorrow. This is FM 96.1 WDEV Warren, broadcasting from the top of Sugarbush and the flagship AM 550 WDEV Waterbury Montpelier News is next. Leo News. I'm Rita Foley. Momentarily.